Welcome back to the You Can't Do podcast. On today's show, we have keynote speaker, author of You Deserve This Shit. We have Jordan Tarver on the show. Thank you, Jordan, for coming on the show, man. I'm grateful for you. What is up? I'm stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. For those who may not be aware of who you are, can you give us a, a brief overview of, I know we're going to get into your story, but give us a brief overview about who you are at least. Yeah. So I am an author, keynote speaker, like you said. I put out a book called You Deserve This Shit in 2021, um, yeah. all about getting unstuck, finding your path. I am um, just really passionate about self-discovery, both in my own life, but also helping other people. Um, so I just found a way to kind of uh, share the lessons that I've learned in my own journey with the hopes that, you know, it's going to connect with someone that's in that similar chapter. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely are because you're on this podcast for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're doing a great job at it, man. And I, I know you've been publicly sharing content for since 2012. I mean, yeah. I'm curious for you throughout that extensive period of time. I mean, 10 years is a very long time. That's a, that's a decade, man. What, what lesson has taken you the longest to learn? Authenticity, I think, or more so being okay with showing up as your true self online, not in the sense of, I need to find out who I am, right. but getting over the fears of showing up as that person. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know that uh, a part of your book, you, you talk a little bit about life isn't becoming a new person. It's learning about who you already were supposed to be. And I talk about this a lot with throughout my clients is it's, it's not about becoming someone new, but it's shedding the version of you that you thought you had to be. Or even yeah. through, through trauma and through life experiences, we, we probably did at that period of time, but being able to shed those layers and step into that true authentic self. What was that first step to be able to really figure out who you are and, and, and dive deep into that self-discovery? I mean, my self-discovery and just self-help journey as a whole started yeah. in college, um, probably where most people's journeys start with just reading, you know, your classic self-help books, um, the compound effect. Yeah. Right over your shoulder. Yeah. Um, I have mine back here under my piano, but, oh, yeah. um, the compound effect was the first book I read to that. I recall reading, um, right. in the self-improvement space that really like kind of flipped the switch in my mind. And that switch was just to have a passion for striving to be a better person. And that kind of lit the fire under my ass of um, that's an important thing to do in life mm -hmm. to kind of live up to your full potential. So really, and it started with reading self-help books and then it kind of, you know, the domino effect happened from there. Yeah. That first domino was, it was 2012 that first domino happened. Right. And then, and then 2013 Orange County freeway, uh, that, that was a big shift in your life. I, I, I assume, I mean, I'm curious how that experience and we'll, we'll dive deep into it, of course, but how that experience shaped your worldview after the fact, and maybe even gave you some more urgency and, and shaped the way that you, you approached life. Yeah. I mean, I think you just said it perfectly. It gave me a sense of urgency, um, not a sense of urgency in the fact that I need to hurry up and figure out who I am, yeah. but I can't keep waiting. So it wasn't a, the, the urgency that I need to get to the destination. Yeah. The urgency was I need to start now. And I think mm -hmm. that's the real key that happens to a lot of people that have these traumatic experiences, um, whether that's a health scare, a diagnosis, a car accident, things yeah. where your life flashes in front of your eye. You're like, oh, shit, like this could have been my last moment. So I want to start now at building the life that I want to build. And that, you know, that's what it did for me. Yeah, man. I mean, for, for me, to give a little context, I almost actually almost died when I was born, funny enough. Oh, wow. Um, I had five blood transfusions, have a hole in my heart, had like zero blood in me. 
but that wasn't obviously I was barely con- I wasn't conscious. So there was right. no way that that was really gonna have an impact on me. But my father and uncle both passed away at 37, though, I was young for both of them. So they really didn't have too much an extensive um, impact on me until mm-hmm. my grandfather passed right the year he was going to retire kind of put me in the position of, wow, like, this really is the time to be urgent, right? It's not about getting to that dex- that destination, but it's more so being more clear on what you want to do and really go down that path. I'm curious for you, what was that first step after that um, that happened to really propel you into what you're doing today? Yes, I mean, it happened in March of 2013. I graduated college in 2016. I feel like the car accident wasn't um, – I feel like the effect and impact of the car accident really like started to multiply and compound a lot later once I got a little bit more, more mature to be able to reflect on that experience. Um, so while it happened, like in the moment it was like, Oh shit, you know, like life could really, uh, change. And it was really a shock to just my existence, but it wasn't until I graduated when I was like, okay, I have a finance degree. I don't really think I want to be in finance. I just spent all of college studying it, but I'm just not feeling that's where I'm supposed to be right now. And, I come from a family of, I'm the youngest of four, and all my siblings have done traveling. My parents are super into traveling, and they really were kind of uh, supportive for us to go do something else right mm-hmm. out of college instead of going into the workforce. So I decided to go on a solo backpacking trip, and that trip was the catalyst to really push me in this direction and, and force me to learn more about myself and gain this new level of awareness that kind of gave me the foundation of what I'm living on now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear a lot from so many people that solo travel, especially when you're young, is like that time to like really dive deep into yourself. I'm curious for you throughout that journey, because as much as we can be with ourselves, and I know that originally wasn't supposed to be just you, right. that journey, it, it, it ex- it's extensive to the point where you have to be able to really take action on the things while you're there. And I know journaling is a big impact for you. So I'm curious, what journaling prompts did you go through? What did you really focus on during that time to be able to get the most out of that experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always knew that I wanted this trip to be intentional. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to just go and like do bar crawls and, and your normal <laughs> tour stuff. I really just wanted to immerse myself in the experience um, and learn more about myself. And so I, I had a, I, I'm obviously creative, um, but just from my artist's heart, I really wanted to create a journal that was really special for this trip and that I could um, have as a keepsake, you know, for, for me and future generations and my kids and the, you know, my grandkids and all that kind of stuff. So I, I got a leather bound journal off Etsy, like all like handmade and like really kind of traditional um, and then had a patch made for it. So I made it kind of like this book and its own project to start the trip. And so bringing that. that journal along with me, I think it, just putting that much intention into the journal, the journal just immediately carried a different weight in the sense of yeah. its meaning. Um, and I didn't have any like specific prompts I used on the trip besides kind of recapping what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really until after the trip that I actually learned the most because I got home, I was single, I had no job. I had moved out of my house right before we left or I left. And so I came back with like, you know, no job and no place to stay. So my buddy offered me his couch to stay there for two months. And I just was like, damn, I, I really got to make, I got to make this time worth something. I can't just sit here and like, I was surfing. So I go surfing in the morning for like four hours, come back and then just chill all day. And I was like, well, I need to do something. I'm a creative, I'm an artist. I got a, I got a message. I got to yeah. do something with my time. So I took that journal 
and I copied it onto a Google Doc to make it basically put out a book around it. It's not something you can get anymore. It was more of a passion project for like my inner networking community. Yeah. Um, but it was through that process of of transcribing all the journal prompts or journal entries to Google to a Google Doc that I learned the most about the trip because I really got to see it from an objective Definitely. perspective yeah, yeah. and be able to extract the lessons you know, that were happening to me that I probably wasn't aware of at the time just because how much shit's going around you all, like, all the time when you're traveling alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just gave me like that project gave me space to really process like what I had put myself through. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's crazy. I feel like a lot of people like you, Bobby, uh, Lewis Howes is someone that comes up that they always, they, they were on a couch at some point. Yeah, right. It, it's like, it's kind of like that back against the wall kind of mentality. And it sounds like you're, that experience was almost like meditations from Marcus Aurelius. Like at the time he wasn't able to really extract everything that he was going through because he was in it, but we take it. And thousands of years ago, it's still, we can still implement what we learned from that. Yeah. I mean, I know that until you, you didn't really find out what that thing was that you wanted to do until you were 22. I'm curious for you in that process of building out that first book, what was the moment that you realized it was your purpose and how did you actualize Mm -hmm. it? Well, I think, and I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately too, um, because I, I just wrote a book and workbook on purpose. So the purpose has been like right at the forefront of my yeah, mind yeah, yeah. for the last year. Um, and so I was, I eventually got a job after those two months and I was working at a mortgage lending company in Orange County, mm-hmm. Orange County, California. And I just remember sitting at my desk and like staring into the monitor with all the, you know, the fluorescent lights overhead, you're in your cubicle, just like very, not in an exciting place to be. Yeah, <laughs> And I just knew that wasn't like where I was supposed to be doing work. I knew that it wasn't aligned with like who I was or the impact I wanted to create. I knew I had a bigger purpose in this world. Mm-hmm. And so I started to think like, well, what can I do that would fulfill me? That would be a good exchange for money. You know, I, I think impact is a good exchange for money. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, remember that, well, I just fell in love with riding on my trip to Europe. So like maybe there could be something there. And that's kind of when I started this journey of curiosity of what, what is it within writing? Why, why am I so connected to it? Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to digging in to my finding my purpose through writing. So writing was more of a vehicle. Yeah. And in my mind, in my perspective, purpose is um, kind of the problem you're here to solve the impact you're here to create the service rather than mm-hmm. the actual vehicle. So writing was the vehicle, the passion. And I just really looked for ways to, impact people through my words how could that be the vehicle to leave this positive impact on the world mm-hmm. and just through a process of journaling literally I, I still have the journal entry i could pull it out set in one of my journals yeah i said I, I just wrote what is my purpose and i just did a brainstorm just did bullets of all the things that like filled me up in the in the spirit of service mm-hmm. and that's when i kind of came to the point of okay well i love writing but i love helping other people i, I want to help people become the best versions of themselves And that was the first switch that went on when I was like, okay, this is my path. Wow. Wow, man. So throughout that journey, I knew, I know that like, uh, it's similar to Bobby as well. Like you, you got the degree and, Mm -hmm. and now I feel like there's this external expectation that I should be doing this because this happened, right? Mm -hmm. Take us through your internal narrative throughout that time to be able to, you know, pivot outside of that with everything, uh, really I could say against you, but I think you understand what I mean. Yeah. Well, I think the tough thing is like, I was making good money. Like I wasn't, I was making a sexy paycheck and leaving that for, so when I left 
my mortgage job, mm. I basically took a 50% pay cut to get into the writing world. Wow. And so I was making half my income when I decided to make the jump. And I still remember I was sitting on my, my homie's couch in LA and I was telling them about the job because all my friends know I wanted to get into writing. They know I've been, you know, being in, in the creative community for so long, posting content. They know like my work ethic. So right. they know the, the, the story of what I'm trying to do. And so they're all stoked to hear that I was getting this writing job. And I remember telling them the salary I was going to be making. And I, I kind of just felt, I don't know, it, it was a little shame, I guess yeah. is, is the feeling. It's like, yeah. oh, well, now I'm like making a lot less money than my buddies, like going to comparison. Mm -hmm. But like, even when I felt that shame, just because it was, it was more maybe embarrassing to say it. Right. Deep down, I knew that it would pay off and that it didn't matter what I was making right now because it would come back tenfold because I followed something that I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. So following that passion I knew would be way more sustainable than not following it and making the good money now. And so instead, if I chased the money, the paycheck, I would have stayed in my you know, mortgage job and not, not even been connected to the work I was doing and probably just, you know, lived a life that I wasn't happy to live. But the other route, which is the one I took, make a little bit less money in the beginning and then over time, it will compound, but through that whole process, you'll enjoy it. And that's kind of like the route I picked. Yeah, yeah. The process is a lot a lot better than the destination if you're focused on the process. For throughout that period of time, and, and, and your, book is, your book is all about this, right? Like, you deserve this shit. And I think the most common limiting belief that people go through is that I'm not good enough or I don't deserve this Yeah, kind of mindset. In the beginning phases, at the point where you really don't have too much proof backed up to support that this is going to be the thing that I, I should pursue, right? The, the passion's there, but there's not much proof to back it up. How did right. you get past that? How did you get past that like position? Well, two things. If there's no proof to back it up, there's also no proof saying that I can't do it. Amen. You know, it's it's there's two like two. It's a, it's a two way road. Like yeah, just because you haven't done it yet doesn't mean that's proving you can't do it. It's you mm -hmm. haven't tried. So. Right. I think just having that perspective, I have a very positive perspective on life and I have chosen to have a positive perspective and look at the path instead of the obstacle. Yes. So the path was I have an opportunity to do mm -hmm. something that I love versus the obstacle is I've never done it before. How am I going to be good enough? Mm -hmm. And just having that perspective shift was really powerful for me. And I think the other, the second thing on that is you become, you, 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 if you don't feel good enough, you become good enough by trying and proving to yourself that you can do it. It's a simple, like prove it to yourself. Go, if you want to be a writer, go put out a blog post and show yourself that you can put out a blog post. You know, it doesn't need to be go write a book, you know, start small. Yeah. And I think that was, it was the small little actions and wins and letting them stack up to feeling better about myself within the craft. But mm -hmm. I think in general, like I never felt like I wasn't good enough. I just felt like I was a beginner, which means I can only grow. Yeah. That beginner's mindset's the it's everything. No matter yeah. where you are in your path, the beginner's mindset, the thing that's gonna support you th throughout that journey. I mean, I, look, look I'm just right now, like I'm preparing for my first keynote ever, which is in exactly. seven days. And like yeah. I've never done this, but I'm preparing like a professional and I'm not afraid of it because of that mentality and knowing that I'm excited that it's my first one because I know how good it is already and how much effort I've put into this to build this incredible foundation to start from. Yeah. And I'm speaking to a very reputable organization. So I have the starting point that's um, making me perform in this way. Right. And then knowing that it's only going to get better from there, 
is inspiring to me because it's like, well, shit, if I already feel good about this right now, what's it going to be like in six months, a year, two years, five years? Like, where is this going to grow? Um, so in my mind, uh, being a beginner, your only route is forward. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's like when you're at the bottom, there's only one way to go and it's up. And, exactly. and, and I, and I love that mindset that you bring into it. Cause I, I reflect, and I talk about this a, a good amount is I started this podcast in my car with no microphone, with no guests. It was, oh, a solo yeah. podcast. But it was like, this is my step because I wasn't going to let thinking about it stop me from just doing it regardless if mm -hmm. I had anything to say. And, and I, and I love that you bring that up, but I'm curious for you because we're wired to go to the negative. That's what our brains are just going towards, as you know, and I'm curious for you, because for me, the perspective shift that changed my life was realizing that life isn't happening to me, but it's happening for me. And mm -hmm. so when I started seeing through that lens and I asked the question, how is this happening for me? That's what really propelled me into taking action. Yeah. And so I'm curious for you looking at the positive, has it always been that way? Or how did you really adopt that mindset knowing that most people go for, I'm not worthy. I can't do this. Right No, it was definitely not always that way. Um, my trip to Europe was really the, the, the catalyst and the switch that kind of flipped me over to this positive mindset. I met just an incredible community of people overseas that were um, just generous, kind, sweethearted people. And that yeah. you spend three months with those kind of people, you'll become that kind of person. And so I was fortunate to be in a community of those types of people and be able to become someone like that because I watched them and they led by example. And I said, mm -hmm. you know, I really connect with these people. And I feel like they, it was the first time where I felt like someone really brought the true colors out of me because I'm an empath. I'm sensitive. I'm very connected to my emotions, but I felt like I hadn't met the group of people that could help me see that part of myself yet. Mm -hmm. And I finally got to see that part of myself on that trip. And I came home and I just, I brought the mindset with me and I kept it with me and I, I brought it into my friend groups and I, and I carried myself, you know, with kindness and gratitude and, and put that out into the world around, you know, put that into the people around me. And I think the biggest lesson I learned is it comes back to the people you surround yourself with, whether you meet those people on a trip to Europe, you meet them in the office or you meet them at the gym, the people that you surround yourself with will become the architects of your reality and your mindset. 1000%. 1000%. And, and I, I always live by that. If you surround yourself with people that are a step ahead of you, and this is a big part of the podcast, like I'm learning from people that are much the experts. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's, uh, it's, I'm so grateful for it. And, and like learning from people that are a step ahead of you or learning from people that, you know, are have that positive mindset, because it's hard to adapt the positive mindset when you're surrounded yeah. by people that are always looking for the negative. I'm curious for you, I know that your meditation journey started in 2016. That was yeah. when you were in photography, you were putting on the art show for the book launch and, and really meditating into or manifesting into going mm -hmm. into that. I want to say thank you because the meditation that you posted recently, been doing it every morning. I oh, usually nice. have a, I have a Joe Dispenza meditation that I listen to every morning, but I'm trying this out. Love it. I'm curious for you, what kind of impact has meditation had on your life? Profound. I mean, it's literally changed my, my present life and also it's changing my future every day. Yeah. Um, I think the key thing to, to say about meditation, you know, sorry, manifestation in particular, yeah. is that you don't just, it, and I'll, I'll just quote Jim Carrey because he says it best, you can't just visualize and go eat a sandwich. Like mm -hmm. there is work involved. A lot of people think that, oh, you just sit down and you visualize your future and then you wake up one morning and it's there. It's like, no, you visualize your future so you can see the future you want and identify the steps to get there. And that's what that did for me. I, you know, I started manifesting in, 2016, 2017 have done it consistently since. And 
it has, you know, given me the, the roadmap uh, that I'm walking on. Mm, I love that. Mel, uh, I think it's Mel Robbins that put this into my brain, but it, it was meditating on, so let's say we're running a marathon. A lot of people think that manifesting is manifesting you finish, finish line, going past the finish line. What you should be manifesting is you on mile 23 with your shins bleeding and you're still running and you manifest mm -hmm. that running through that. Cause you're not, you're not going to manifest just the, the part where you want it to happen, but actually, like you said, the, the steps to get there. The work. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the less obvious reasons that you've been able to find success? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, one of my biggest principles in life is to follow your interests. I think um, that's been a huge theme in my mm -hmm. life. Um, I think in general, I, I even just thinking back to high school, I used to play, I played baseball from literally as young as I possibly could, three or four years old, whatever age that was, Me too, yeah. until high school. And I played travel ball, I played all-stars, I did the whole thing. Um, and in high school, I was junior year, I didn't make the varsity team and I didn't want to play in JV again. And I was like, well, I'm not going to play. I, I don't have intentions to play in college. I don't have intentions to go pro. Mm -hmm. And so that was a, a moment where I decided if I'm going to keep playing baseball, I'm going to do something else. And at the time I was getting interested in tennis. And so I decided to quit baseball, which was a major life decision for somebody who's played baseball, you know, for like oh, 15 years, that point, 14 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, this is an example of me following the interest to tennis because mm -hmm. that was my now my new personal fulfillment. So I think that theme and that intention of following your interests at all times um, is something that has really helped me find success because success isn't about the money. I think success is about uh, personal fulfillment. And mm -hmm. so it's allowed me to find success because I've been fulfilled with everything I do, whether that's work related or just personal stuff, but you know, like going out and doing stuff with my fiance, traveling and, and camping and things like that. But it's always following my interests because I know that will take me to where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Well, for, for, for those that, and, and I want to say I resonate on that a lot because I played baseball since I don't remember. That's how long <laughs> it's been. And then I had six stitches, three pins in my wrist, and then I tore my labrum in, in junior Ooh. year as well. And then I was like, yeah, I, I, this is a calling. This is, this is telling yeah, me right, you, right. you got to go, man. You got to go. So I'm curious for you, like, for those out there that maybe want to pursue their interests, but don't see the ability to monetize it, for example, mm, yeah. how did, how did that, uh, switch flip in your mind to be able to start doing that? Start monetizing it or doing things with, with no monetization opportunity. Um, I think a little bit of both. Like, I mean, you're starting, so you started, um, tennis and then that yeah. wasn't like, were you expecting to monetize that? Or you've always pursued no. your interest to like, just, this just, is what I love. Yeah, I, th I think I've always pursued from the first, like, let's see how I can word this best. Mm -hmm. I always start the pursuit with the intention of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. If that leads to monetization down the line, that's a business thing, you know? Yeah. So it always starts with what do I want to do that makes me feel joy and happiness and yeah. good about my life? You know, what are the things that make me filled up so, you know, I wake up and I'm excited? And that's how everything has started. It just had a pure hobby, you know, pure love for the, the craft. Like my, my journey as an artist and a creator started with travel photography. My first camera I had probably when I was in seventh or eighth grade. Um, 
and just taking photos like on family vacations, eighth grade trip to Washington, DC, yeah. um, just random stuff like that. And that just compounded over time. And I got to college and met a bunch of friends who were into photography, got into like professional photography, and then basically did photography as a passion for a, a very long time until I started making money on it. Um, but I think that's just an example that it has always started from a place of, of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. um, and if there is an opportunity that presents itself, that's when you make the decision if you want to turn it into a business or not. I think the important thing to remember is you don't have to turn it into a business. It's very easy to get pressured into that nowadays because of social media, online mm -hmm. content, people you know, pushing side hustles. And yeah. so I think we're losing the understanding that you can do something for no money and be fucking happy because I think that's important. And that's what photography has turned into me now. You know, I don't do photography for money, but I still am a professional travel photographer. I take incredible photos. I don't share them online. It's just this passion of mine now. And I yeah. almost feel like I have more fulfillment from it because I'm doing it purely for joy. You took the words out of my mouth, man. Um, <laughs> as you were saying that, I was going to say, isn't there a point in time where you you stopped monetizing? Um, yeah. And I think that I, I do believe in that as well. I think that we're, we're so focused on, I, I think a lot of people believe that money is the route to their happiness. To well, their... I think a lot of people think success is money. Exactly. I think that's where people get caught up. And that's once you start making money, you realize that's not true. Um, yeah. So I think the earlier you can accept that, the better off you'll be. Yeah. What? So your definition of success is to find fulfillment? I mean, I think that's like, I, my answer will probably change from month to month, but yeah. In the sense of it, it's developing as I become to understand life more as yeah. I as I grow older. But yeah, I just try, in general, I'll just say in general, I I try to not I try not to um, place I try not to pair success with money. Um, mm. I just don't. I think that's a dangerous relationship to have, and I think that can take you to a place of your the money you make is now a measure of your self worth. Yep. And I've had that issue. I've had that problem. And not too long ago, I think I, I'm still like working on that of like social media stuff, engagement, money, not being a determination, not determining mm -hmm. my self-worth. And so I think that's a really healthy relationship to have if you can disconnect money and success. And so I try just in general not to see the money I'm making, the stuff I'm doing in my business that are that's generating income or revenue as my level of success. But being able to and creating space for doing things that make me feel like I'm living a life that I will be happy to reflect on on my deathbed. Yeah, I think having the the balance and the boundaries are really, really well. I think something that I ask myself a question, and I think uh, that's probably why journaling has been so powerful for you is the questions we ask ourselves to determine the quality of our life and the quality of our thoughts even. Yeah. I think that when, when we ask ourselves like a question that I always ask myself is will I regret not doing this at the end of my life? And it's, it's the same thing, man. It's, it's, it, it always like puts me, put it, puts it into perspective and helps me look at the big picture. Yeah. Because when we're, when we're, when we're in the position that we're in often, like you said, we can associate money with fame, money with success, money with the life that we want to live. But then we, when we get to it, I, I like to believe that a desire is no longer a desire once it's accomplished. And so yeah. the, the, like you say in, in your book, the incremental prog progress along the, your path is a drug that keeps you going. And it's like living through that is the only way to live because otherwise you're putting off your happiness, the fulfillment, everything that you want, the enjoyment for a later time. Yeah. When did that come? When did that mindset um, 
arise to you? And then also how did you adapt it? Like you said, I think a lot of people do struggle with that, but how do you get past it? Are you saying the mindset of, of kind of finding, finding, uh, progress as the thing that fills me up compared to the, the outcome or achievement? Definitely. And the, I mean, this is maybe both, but, um, the association with money and success as well, because I think they're both intertwined to some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the success and money thing is it's more recent than definitely than it is not recent. Um, it's glamorized. I, I think even, even in the last like three months, um, yeah. I've seen a lot of growth this year. Um, I've seen a lot of changes in my business and my community, my audience. Mm. And then there was a time where it, it kind of felt, I felt like I lost momentum. Yeah. And I took it. I, I was personally affected by that. And that was not a fun place to be and not a place I ever want to return to because mm. I don't deserve that. You know, I don't, no one deserves that. And just be some you, you, I, I, I sent this out to my community the other day. Um, clarity doesn't exist without contrast. So, and, and why I bring that into this conversation okay. now is because I couldn't, I wouldn't have known to disconnect success and money without experiencing how bad it can be when you connect them. Yeah. So I had to go through the, 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 the dark side of that to see the light. Um, mm -hmm. and that's why I say like you, there has to be contrast in life. Um, at any point in life. And that goes even finding the things that you love. You have to, you have to know what you don't like to know what you like because yeah. you don't, you can't, you, you need both. And so I don't think I would ever been able to make that perspective shift without experiencing some like little dose of like my self-worth being determined by money, followers, audience, book sales, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there is no good without bad. There is no right. positive without negative. Like it's it's life is a it's there's both sides. It's a spectrum. It's not one or the other. It's not linear. Yeah, and I think what's important about these conversations is the goal is hopefully people listening yeah can absorb what we're saying so they don't have to wait for the the, the dark side. They can just be like, okay, this guy he's gone through the experience. He's already experienced what can happen when you make that relationship with success and money. He's already felt the lack of self-worth from it. I don't want to feel that. Like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to avoid that right now. And so I think that's the intention of these conversations is hopefully some of these people that are listening can grasp these things as their own and, and take them into their own life. Because the sooner you can have that mindset shift, you know, the, the better off you'll be from a happiness level, from a fulfillment level, from anxiety like it's just it relieves so much it's so so true a quote and i i bring up so many quotes because they, they like they're my frameworks for seeing life is the you make a change in your life when the pain of staying the same becomes more painful than making a change and yeah. i think through us speaking about this and this is why i love the podcast because it's so it's an outlet for expression of what we've already been through and the the experiences or what we've been able to extract from our experiences. And so we don't have to wait until we're on our deathbed to realize that life is short. We don't have to wait until we get to the point where we're in a car accident that we need to realize that we need to be more urgent about what we truly want in life. There's a part of the journey that we need to surrender. And I think yeah. that that's a big part of it. It's It's being able to surrender to where we are instead of this idea of where we want to be. How have you been able to surrender to, to the journey? Yeah, well, it's funny. Surrender was my word of the year last year. So that was like a big thing for me, mm -hmm. um, which is in the sense of like, 
just letting go and like going with the flow of life. Uh, one book I could recommend is the surrender experiment by Mike, Michael A. Singer. I recommend it about a hundred times every month. Um, it was, it was probably the first self-help book outside of the compound effect. And I don't even know if it's self-help. It's really like spiritual growth. Definitely. Um, I feel like calling it self-help is almost like a, a, a diss. I think it's much more than that. There's an uh, it, but sure. it, it really helped me understand like the power of just trusting the flow of the universe and, and just knowing that there are outside forces that we can't see that are um, in our favor, you know, they're in your favor. If you, if you kind of lean into them and that happens, you can lean into them by not being so resistant to where life wants to push you. And I think just being open to that concept allowed me to be like, all right, universe, like, sh like, show me what you want me to do. Like, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to work on? How, what am I supposed to do here? And just having that mindset and like energetic, like, baseline of where I live has opened me up to this flow of life and just comes back to trusting that like the universe, higher power, God, whoever you're referring to or whatever name, um, that there's this universal energy that's, that's behind you. And, and if you lean into it, it could take you to, you know, unimaginative places. It's so, so true. That's what meditation, I, I've, I've read a lot of Joe Dispenza and, 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 and getting into the, the frequencies that we live at and, 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 and stuff like that. And and I think that a big part of that is being able to trust, as you said there. And meditation has been really big for me when it comes to trust. I'm curious for you, are there any practices or anything that you go back to when you feel that pull of, of, of trying to control, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm listening to The Untethered Soul right now, which is his other book. Um, and I think what I'm feeling, like me moving maybe back into a place of resistance mm -hmm. and not really trusting the flow, it's going back to the resources that help me gain that understanding, you know, the meditations, the books, um, the practices, the journaling, and just kind of re regrounding myself and in, in where, you know, the, the, the strong foundation that I truly have. Um, but I think it comes back to like grounding reading the resources, listening to the resources and teachings that kind of gave you the understanding because in, in some weird way, those books can sometimes feel like a hug, um, especially if you read them at, a, at the beginning of your journey. And so it's, you know, there's another book I, I listened to called Money and the Law of Attraction. And that's what I start. I did listen to it last year for the first time and it really changed my relationship with money and, and attracting abundance. And anytime I feel like I'm getting in a lack mindset, I just go back and listen to it. And there's something about the audio. I can pick any freaking chapter in the whole book, but there's something about the audio that, that just resets me. And so I think it's like using resources like that to kind of bring yourself back to, you know, ground zero. I'm really grateful that you brought that up because I think that what so many of us do is that when things are, let's say you say we're in a negative place, we always, we never think to resort back to what got us back to the positive place. Yeah. It's, like, it's like when, it's like when people in, in, um, baseball, they're in a slump, it's like, they just, they go negative. And this is from psycho cybernetics. It's like, they immediately think of the worst possible outcome and they get into a slump and it, it, it extends because they don't go back to what got them to the position that they're in to begin with. And I think holding mm -hmm. back to those habits that really support you, um, are going to push you back to where you're supposed to be, um, in the place that you deserve to be even. And I know that the, like I said earlier, is the belief that I'm not good enough is something that is, is very I think it's in our core for some reason. Yeah. It's just, it's the way that we're, we're wired, I believe. Society. How, yeah. How have you been able to, you know, unlearn that belief? 
that's tough. I feel like I, I, I'm human. I still, I'm not, I'm not yeah. perfect. Like, I, I literally write down I am good enough every single day without yeah. fail. It's a, I, I can show you my journal. I, it's the, it's the last thing I write in my journal just because I need that constant reminder because I am human. Um, and I think. For me, positive affirmations has help, have helped a lot to like kind of rewire my subconscious brain. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not always the just saying positive affirmations in the mirror won't do the trick all the time. Um, but it's going out and doing things and showing myself. Like I think we talked about this in the beginning of the podcast, but actually taking actions to prove to yourself. I think sometimes if people don't connect with positive affirmations, and sometimes it does take you know a vote, a check toward your self worth and 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 how good you are um but just uh, like going out and doing something and showing yourself that you can do things whether that's you know going to have a coffee with someone at a coffee shop or buying a coffee for a stranger in line or yeah. writing a book or writing a blog post or recording a podcast like just going out and taking action will prove to yourself that you can do that you know anything you want to do yeah it's changing the the negative beliefs into empowering core beliefs as yes. you speak out right it's it's being able to shift that in, yeah. in, in your mind, I'm, I'm curious for you throughout, throughout your journey, like you, you've done a lot of creative work, obviously you, you're an author. How have you been able to get over that, that initial step of the, maybe that belief does pop up for you. Maybe at this point it hasn't, but that I'm not good enough as soon as you go into something, because I think in the creative world, it's definitely even more extensive to, yeah. as we associate our self-worth with our work. Yeah. So I think st like anytime I'm starting like a big project. Of course, I had the things come up like, is anyone going to see this? Is anyone? I mean, I, I had that with my first book. Or so yeah. I, guess, I mean, I guess it's my second book, but in, in my eyes, it's my first professional self-help book. Definitely. But I had it with You Deserve the Shit. I mean, I basically lied to myself of how good it was going to be and how much copies it was going to sell to almost like trick myself into believing in myself, if that makes sense. Like I just used to tell myself that it was going to be, you know, a, a New York Times bestseller. It was going to blow up. It was going to go viral and just, but I never like, I almost like coded my mind with these like outlandish thoughts of the book that I, it like it hit all the actual negative thoughts, intrusive thoughts. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. I just like fed my brain positivity and that kind of like got me through just to keep going. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I also like to just create from a place of impact, you know, like I just want to create the best thing that I can create to impact other people. And I think if you put that energy and intention into your projects, things will just do well because people can, energy is transferred through from person to person. It's also transferred from a book to a person. And like I said, with the book that I listened to, like it's an energy shift for me because I, I am literally absorbing the energy of the person that recorded it, the frequency they recorded in. Yeah. Um, and I think that actually has a, has a play into how people receive your product um, or the thing you're working on. So, I mean, I think it's a long-winded answer of saying, like, I still have my, you know, I, I still have my beliefs and obstacles that I have to overcome. Mm -hmm. However, my my purpose keeps me going, and it pulls me over those obstacles because I know I'm here to do something, and mm -hmm. the only way for me to do that is if I execute. Yeah. I w it's like that delusional optimism to some capacity. It's yeah. um, the Think and Grow Rich was the first self-help book that I ever read. And it had a massive impact on my life because it, there's a part of the book on your shelf back there. Yeah. There, there's a part of it. And it's like that our, our thoughts pretty much cast spells over our mind. And if we, if we say that this is going to be this, we start perceiving it as though it's true. 
uh, after mm-hmm. long enough, like it's like our, our memories, uh, they can be very misconstrued over a long period of time because we've told ourselves this story for such a long time throughout that, throughout that journey to be able to shift your mindset and tell yourself a different story, essentially, how has that shifted the way that you show up in the world? Open to receive, I think is the best way to say it. My heart's open and I, and I know I'm worthy of receiving. I don't know what it is. I'm the specific thing. Yeah. But I know I'm worthy to receive. And I think that is kind of going into this back to the surrender. You know, yeah. I don't know what the universe is going to bring me. I didn't know I was going to get this opportunity to speak next week, but it mm-hmm. came through because I was open to receive it. And I'm open to the, whatever, you know, the universe brings me. And I think, um, yeah, just in general, just being in a very, like my energy is open to receive the positive opportunities that I'm supposed to, re- you know, get on my path. Yeah. And I believe having that mindset opens you up to be able to realize even if it's a quote unquote negative experience, there's going to be positive that comes from it. But it's like, it's, it's like the mindset that there's good if you look for it. And I think that. Always yeah. Look for that. yeah. And I, I like how you did air quotes around negative experience because I I'm, I'm a believer that nothing is, nothing's truly negative. Yeah. Of course there's, you know, shortcomings and, and if it's, a, you know, a, a tragic thing, that's mm. a different story. But I think in most situations where people, feel um a setback just a a normal life setback it's not necessarily necessarily negative because it's truly happening for a reason and if you have the awareness and ability to look for the reason Mm -hmm. you're going to find a solution and that's why it's so focused that's why it's important to focus on solutions and not the problems or like i said earlier focus on the path and not the obstacle i heard this on a a video the other day from simon sinek the author of start with why and he was saying um Think about when a, a skier is going down a slope, but they're going like backcountry, so they're kind of in between, in between the trees. If the skier focuses on the trees, they're going to hit a fucking tree. But mm-hmm. if they focus on the path, they will find the path. And I think that's a like an, an incredible analogy to life. If you focus on the, the path, you will find the path. If you focus on the obstacles, you're always going to hit the obstacles. And I think that's been like that video I sent to my fiance, and I was like, I feel like someone finally put words to like my mindset in life. And I just was like, so happy to see that video online. It's so true. It's so, so true. I've heard that as well. And I, I, it's, it's uh, something I think you speak about in your book as well. It's like always asking the question, why, like, why, 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 why the, in, in Mark Manson's book, um, subtle art of not giving a fuck. He talks about the self-awareness onion. It's like you really, when you ask yourself why you're going to get a very surface level answer, but you ask yourself why a few more times and you're going to get down to the real reason why it's happening. Yeah. if we look for the good, again, we're, we're going to find it. There's um, one last question that I ask every every guest that I have on the show. And I believe it's it brings us all down to realize that even though you're a best-selling author, there's a point in time where you still are learning. And the question is, what belief are you currently unlearning? That my self-worth isn't tied to money, followers, business growth, likes, all that kind of stuff, book sales. Um, and I know we've already touched on this, but that is, I think that's currently the, the belief that I've been working on and, and, and trying to improve. And I feel like I've made a remarkable step in that journey and, and come a very long way compared to like four weeks ago, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been a really positive shift for me and just, and, yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, it's, it's some days are better than the others. Not going to lie again. I'm human. Um, but I think that has been, yeah. One of the things that I've been really focused on lately. 
is my self-worth overall, just self-worth overall. I think it's yeah. something that I haven't gave attention at all in my life until now. And I think that has, you know, why it's, it, it's bubbled up because I haven't given it attention and, it, and it's something that I need to heal. Yeah. It's crazy hearing that from the person that has a book called you deserve this shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it reminds us that even though you have all the knowledge in the world around like why you deserve this kind of thing, there's still that internal narrative that I don't deserve yeah. this. This is, this is my belief about myself. And it, it, it shows up consistently with, with the guests is that, that, that continues to be something because I, I truly believe that it's something that we have to like, life is a, a constant evolution of unlearning and relearning. I think the unlearning process yeah. is more important than the, than the learning. How has, have you been able to do that over these past couple of weeks to really unlearn that belief? Um, a couple shout, shout outs of people in particular, my fiance and, um, both of our, one of our best friends, Iris Daly, and those people have been very supportive in that journey because they both have experienced something similar and, and they both, my fiance is a, a intuitive healer and medium, and she has a bunch of resources and meditations and stuff. So I've used a lot of her stuff. And then my friend Iris also has, um, she does a lot of hypnosis things. And so she has stuff around self-worth and just yeah. looking for resources of people who have walked the same path um, to learn from them and also to lean into them for support. So like when I was going through my, you know, my lower days of, of this kind of stuff, leaning into those people that love me and have conversations about it uh, because there's so much healing and talking, you know, it, the, as soon as we don't let the words out, it, it builds up within us. And so just having conversations with both of them has really helped me on that journey. Yeah. I find that in, in, in coaching for me, it's my, it's like a, what my, one of my first mentors would say, it's just a safe place to be vulnerable and honest and, and get that, that external perspective on you. I, I'm so grateful that you've been able to come on the show, Jordan. I, um, I think that I know people got a lot of value from this episode. If they want to find you, of course, your links are going to be in the show. Notes, yeah. Where can they find you? Um, at Jordan Tarver, Instagram, TikTok is where I'm most active. Um, I, like I said, I have a, I have a bunch of free stuff that people can use and through the link in my bio on, on both those platforms. Um, I have a, a exclusive, but free texting community. And, uh, if you text the number through my Instagram bio, you will reach me directly. And I send out daily text messages that are motivational, inspirational, make you think. Um, and you can always have a conversation with me because it's me responding and not a bot. So those are some fun ways to get connected. And if you ever, you know, have a question or need advice on a specific thing, DM me, they're open. I love it, man. I'm grateful for you and you deserve this. Shit's out. So that'll be there too, man. I'm grateful for you for coming on the show and thank you for coming on the show, my friend. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely.